It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich, I hope, I just know that our entire audience is going to find this broadcast very, very interesting. What's the. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I tell you what, folks, uh, my good friend, Pastor Bill Owen of the Church of God in Christ, uh, introduced me to a gentleman by the name of Bishop George McKinney. And I met him once or twice, but I want to start the program by letting you hear a very short interview uh, by one of the major network people there in San Diego. I tell you what, folks, turn your radio up and enjoy it with me. Bishop George McKinney has died at the age of 88. McKinney was a towering figure in San Diego's black religious community for the last six decades. He started St. Stephen's Cathedral Church of God in Christ in the basement of a pizza restaurant in 1962. He turned that into a Valencia Park mainstay that included a school, two senior centers, and low-income housing. As bishop, he oversaw about 40 Church of God in Christ congregations in Southern California. McKinney is survived by his wife, five sons, 15 grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. Oh, man alive. All right, now here is Byron Tyler, uh, WCRV in Memphis, interviewing uh, Bishop McKinney. What do you remember about growing up in Jonesboro? I was born during the Depression so that we knew poverty and suffering, but we had this wonderful, uh, the role models of our parents who taught us that the way out of the poverty and the uh, the uh, depression that we experienced was through knowing Christ. Good religion, they said. Hmm. You've got to have good religion and good education. And as a result of that focus, we we knew that trouble didn't wouldn't last always. That would be a brighter day. Uh, my father was a pastor. He founded the Church of God in Christ in 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 Jonesboro, and the family, of course, was a part of that church. And we were always involved in the church activities in that community. And so uh, our parents were very consistent in what they taught at home and and they preached at at the church so that we had good uh, examples of what it means to be truth-tellers, covenant keepers, and to show respect for others. And, and, And we were taught never to hate, although it was a time of segregation discrimination and lynchings and so forth, our parents never uh, encouraged us to hold on to any resentment or hatred, but we had this wonderful example of the Jesus model of forgiveness and love. But uh, we were fortunate to follow our parents' uh, counsel, make a commitment to follow God, to love Jesus, and to practice love and forgiveness and seek out the opportunities for education and pursue excellence. And as a result of that, their children, we were poor children, poor kids. Our family was very poor. So out of that family, we're talking about uh, two lawyers, a, d- a dentist, three pastors, several educators. And so all of us went to college and got graduate degrees and so forth. But the the key was that my father and mother said, love God, 
Obey Christ. Practice love and forgiveness. Pursue excellence. Good education and good religion will provide for you, will open doors for you for service and ministry to the, to the nation. And that's been what we have experienced. Bishop, even in the environment which you just described of uncertainty economically <clears throat> uh, and even socially because of your status of being born black at yes. the time that you were, it seems like you still had the foundation, as you mentioned, of your family. And that seems to be the missing ingredient for today's generation. Absolutely. While, while there was poverty and want, there was always in our home the wonderful assurance that there was love. My father and mother loved each other and were committed to each other. We did not have to wrestle with whether or not Papa was going to come home or Mom was going to run away. We, we knew that they were there for us. And that stability uh, really does something for children now. Today, this problem of fatherlessness and you have mothers running away and abandoning, abandoning their children as well. It creates an, an atmosphere of confusion. No wonder we have young people who don't know their right hand from their left hand and are confused about their identity and have no understanding of the reverence for life or the sacredness of the gifts of God. In light of that, what's the key in restoring hope for our citizens living in the inner cities of America where blight, crime, murders, drugs, and gangs seem to always be the breaking stories of the 6 o'clock news. Yes. Unless we come back to some basic truths, except God builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. These biblical truths have not changed. And if we want to see a recovery of family life, we must go back to these basics and, and, and embrace them because God's truth is stubborn. It doesn't change because of the changing times and temperaments. And so uh, I believe that there is an answer for the unrest and the instability and the violence and the destruction that's taking the place in our communities but the answer is, is, is being rejected. Uh, the, the atmosphere is one of dismantling what God has established. And, of course, we, we know the final story that, that we, we, are going, we are more than conquerors and the truth will win. Bishop, in what ways has the church been negligent <clears throat> to inner city concerns where we should have taken a greater notice? We've been negligent. The church has been negligent regarding the urban crisis in many areas. For example, many churches have been caught up in the prosperity uh, movement and have neglected some of the weightier matters of building Christian character and a Christian worldview. Once we determined the direction that was taking place in public education, when public education was showing more and more bankruptcy in terms of having purpose and, and content that would build character, well, there's not just reading, writing, arithmetic, but reading, writing, arithmetic, and righteousness, character, uh, truth, 
we we should have in our cities uh, brought together partnerships across denominational lines, across racial lines. We should have had an alternative program in every community where young people could be who, who who would be destroyed, and we would we knew they would be destroyed in that public uh, school set, setting. There should have been an alternative program provided in every community that's sponsored by churches. That meant we would have to put some money on the line and recruit teachers that are committed to biblical values. Let me tell you one other area where, where we we've, we've neglected. Unfortunately, many of our churches failed to uh, give the kind of attention to reaching the youth by putting some money into hiring youth pastors, counselors, persons on the staff of the church. It's wonderful to have church growth and outreach, but we must not neglect it. We have too often neglected focusing upon reaching, nurturing, and discipling the young uh, in our local churches because what we still suffer the problem of the young people reaching 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age and dropping out of church. We, we, ought to, we have not done a good job in conditioning and discipling the children in our churches. Bishop, I don't want to get too far along in our interview before mentioning that you are the founder, founding pastor of uh, St. Stephen's Cathedral, Church of God in Christ in San Diego. And a great for, journey there. Yeah, for 52 years. Yes, they put up with me for 52 years. It's amazing. I'm surprised. You know, that, you're, that is as long as I've been alive. <laughs> it, it's been a wonderful journey, though. A wonderful journey. You and your, your, your late wife, uh, Dr. Jean McKinney, uh, founded this together. That's correct. Did you leave uh, this Mid-South area to go to San Diego? Was there other steps along the way? Yes. After, after completing a, a bachelor's degree at University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, I was accepted both at Boston University Graduate School of Theology and the Oberlin School, Graduate School of Theology in Ohio. And one of my professors suggested that I should go to Oberlin rather than to Boston, and I went there for the degree in systematic theology. And uh, after leaving Oberlin, I worked for a season as a chaplain at the Toledo State Hospital, a mental hospital for 3,000 patients in Toledo, Ohio. And I worked also for a couple of years as a probation officer with the juvenile court. And it was from Toledo that I then transferred to uh, California in San Diego, worked as an intern at a church there under Bishop J.A. Blake. And after two years of an internship, I uh, planted St. Stephen's in 1962, 52 years ago. Bishop, we talk about the family, and we talk about fathers and their response to their families. How do we challenge men to be the fathers of the children that they fathered and take on the responsibility of raising them? That is an awesome challenge. Um, in the, in the, during the 90s, it was my privilege to be a part of the team that worked with uh, Coach Bill McCartney and the, and the Promise Keepers movement. And uh, in some of those uh, stadiums, we'd have 50, 60, 70,000 men. 
And I took that up as an opportunity to challenge those men. If you knowingly, if you have a son or daughter, you have a child that you have not cared for, you have not supported, you have not loved, you have not fathered, your Christian responsibility is to correct that and to make contact wherever possible with that child and reach out and love and support and nurture that child. I think that's an area there are there's much suffering and pain and confusion with many young people because there has been an absent parent who has not loved nor given the stability or the kind of nurture that is needed. I I think we need to teach it consistently and we ought to also model what it means to be a responsible loving parent who knows how to be tender but also tough when necessary. Uh, it was uh, my great privilege, to, to, along with my wife, Jean, to parent five sons. And uh, when the sons were small, I recognized that five, five young men whose age span was just on the, from the youngest to the eldest was only 10 years, so there were some things I had to uh, forego. So I'm a part of the Church of God in Christ that meets here and met in Memphis for over 100 years. But from 1953, the year I met my wife at the convocation in Mason Temple, uh, until 1971, when our children were coming, I did not attend not a single convocation because I didn't want to leave my wife with five kids for a week I, 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 wore, I did not uh, I denied myself that privilege and I don't regret it because that was a, a time of bonding with, with our sons that's paying dividends now thanks be to God of the five sons they all have chosen the ministry as their vocation they all are ordained ministers and are serving the Lord one is pastoring in North Carolina one is in Atlanta, Georgia, and three sons are there working with me at the home church. You know, you described earlier of your family growing up in Jonesboro and your mother and your father and, and your siblings all in one house, you know, committed to each other, to work together, to love together. And uh, we, we see families today, and even in the environment that we described of all of the difficulties that our inner cities have in today, and yet we still see families that are living as a family unit with both mother and father. Uh, you know, they are in the home together, committed to raising uh, their family under God's design. How do we better encourage these families that are really struggling but trying to do the best they can? We really need to celebrate family, and I think also we need to encourage the practicing of uh, the, the, the formula for keeping pep in a marriage and in a home. It is good both for, uh, both for uh, uh, the biological family and the church family. And it's pep. How do you get the pep in there? How do you keep it? And it's through uh, teaching that the family must pray together and the family must eat together. And that's for, for over 35 years, I had a practice in marriage and family counseling, and I found out that many families that were breaking up or having great difficulty almost never ate any meals together. They, 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 they had 
fast food, and or the father was watching television while he was eating, and the mother's in the bedroom on the phone eating, and the children are shifting for themselves. I said, you you got to eat together. You got to sit down and 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 quiet quiet yourself and talk with each other, and and quote scriptures and talk about problems that you're dealing with. Play to pray together, eat together, and play together. And, and I think we can recover a lot of the excitement about a home if we can uh, keep that pep in the family. What's the one thing that God has reinforced in your heart? over and over again as you've walked with him all these many years? I think that there's one thing has been the importance and the uh, uniqueness of this this reality of forgiveness. And that's been something that we have focused on in our ministry Sunday after Sunday. We take 10 minutes or whatever and talk about the importance of practicing love and and experiencing forgiveness and what it really means when we say that God has forgiven us that he's cast our sins into a sea of forgetfulness and there's no longer any sh- shame the old folk in Arkansas used to say that Jesus takes away the shame and and the sin and the shame and and that has been a great focus now there's another area I'd like to squeeze it in here that has been extremely uh, extreme burden on my heart, and that's the burden that relates to the Holocaust of abortions. I, I can't get away from it every day. It's a problem that I have to wrestle with. That there are in this country since Roe v. Wade, there have been a million and a half innocent, voiceless babies destroyed in the womb, and and they try to tell us that they are not persons, that they have no feelings. They try to tell us that it's just a glob of flesh. That's a, that's a, that's a child. That's a baby. That's a person for whom God has a, a plan for that life. And, and it is an issue that has bothered me tr- tremendously. And I, I just can't be silent about it because life is precious so really, the church has a key role to stand up for the voice of the unborn. I believe that, yeah, and I believe it. I believe it to to my very at the very core of my being. And there it is, folks. Now that was an interview uh, conducted by Byron Tyler at our Bot Radio Network Memphis uh, radio station. Uh, how, how many years did you say Byron has been with us? Right, well, thirty-seven years and altogether. The, and the interview was with Bishop. George McKinney. Now, Bishop McKinney, this was done two years ago. And he's since gone on to be with the he's Lord. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He covered so many points, Rich, that I have, I have always felt strongly about. One was praying together and then eating together around a dinner table with the children and talking and conversing and finding out and sharing, that brings family strength and family confidence and family security. Right. And, and then the other thing was what? Playing together. Playing and, and together. And that's how to keep the pep, P-E-P, play, a pray, eat, play together in now, the family. And don't forget how important it is to play together. I've never understood 
how dad runs off and he does his hunting trip or he's on a fishing trip or he's doing what he's doing and mom's doing something else with the ladies' aid or whatever it is. And then the kids have to find their way somewhere in between there. Uh, and they don't play together wow. from the time the kids are little right on through the teenage There's a lifetime of Bible wisdom in that man and in that interview. I enjoyed hearing that. I'm so glad that I had a chance to meet him uh, when he was alive. Now, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand when uh, Pastor Bill Owen, Reverend Bill Owens, introduced me to him. Uh, how important he, that Bishop McKinney is to the San Diego area and all of California. Right. You should mention also that, that Memphis is the world headquarters for the Church of God in Christ. Yes, that's true. And whenever I would want to have guests in Memphis, and I would say, would you like to see the small auditorium where Martin Luther King preached his last message the day before he was killed. Of course, wow. Oh, but it's not all that small. Well, They just the, can't contain the, point, the size the of the conference any longer. It's not in use at all. It's called Mason Temple. Yeah. And it's always locked. But I asked Bill Owen, can he make arrangements? And then he, of course, got the approval from Bishop McKinney. So I didn't understand the chain of the various people that God right. put into my life to help me understand well, and to help me come to grips with life in its reality. We want to thank Byron Tyler and our team there in Memphis at WCRV for capturing that interview. Of course, now that Bishop McKinney is gone, this is even more precious than ever. Yeah. Can, can we listen to a couple of listener comments? Well, I think that would be great. All right, let me give the listener comment line because we'd love to hear from you too, folks. Our listener comment phone number is 1-800-345-2621. Here's the first one. Yes, my name is Shirley. And I love Bot Radio. I listen to it every day and enjoy it so much. Okay. Thank you, Shirley. I like that name, Shirley. <laughs> that's Mom's name. Hey, that's Dad, right. That's my next... wife's name of 71 years yeah. this coming June. Yeah. God bless you. That's your 71st wedding anniversary. That's, right. that's amazing. Here's, Here's Fred, a... and he says that Bot Radio Network changed his life. Uh, Hello. My name is Fred. I've been listening to Bot Radio Network for two or three years. It's just changed my life. Yeah. I just want to let you know that I love you guys. I, I appreciate the good, sound Christian teaching. What a privilege we have to have you guys there. Okay, oh, my Thank friend. you, Fred. That, you know, and that's where the power is. The power is in God's Word. Like that's what you. has the power to change like hearts and lives. Like to meet you sometime, Fred. Here's a lady. This is Diane in the St. Louis area. Seems to me I've listened to Bot Radio whenever it first came on here. It could be 50 years. Makes my day. It's set up in the bedroom, the kitchen, and the car. All I have to do is push the button. Just enjoy all the programming. You do a great job. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Uh, we well, started in St. Louis in 1982. Yeah, in 82 now. You see, that reminds me, Bot Radio Network now is that this year we're celebrating our 61st birthday? Right, this year. Uh-huh. 61 years ago, Since 1962. a very young Dick Bott <laughs> and a very young Shirley, uh, my wife Shirley, 
came to Kansas City from the West Coast, and we had a vision. And I'll tell you, it takes a husband and a wife. The wife is behind the husband and supporting him and making the vision possible. Right, it's a team. I don't know the things that have been important to me in my life if I could have ever done it without my precious wife. Yeah. One of our newer stations is in Terre Haute, Indiana. Okay, let's hear that. I'm calling from Terre Haute, Indiana. The Bot Network is fairly new here. And I really enjoy it. Uh, my favorite programs, I guess, would be, well, for sure, J. Vernon McGee through the Bible, David Jeremiah, Erwin Lutzer. There are several. The network is quite good. It's the best. And I thank you for it. And bless God. All right. Uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. By the way, are you a Hoosier? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they are, yes. Okay. Here's a lady. My name is Gina, and I really appreciate the ministry of Bot Radio. It strengthens my faith, helps me to be a better Christian on a daily basis. Thank you again for your ministry. Bye. Uh, uh, dear lady, that's the goal that we have in being on the air in the first place. It's to reach people with the Word of God and Christian news and information. So bless your heart. Here's a gentleman. I am so proud to be able to say that I listen to Bot Radio. I listen to it every single day of the week. I listen to it as I go to and from in my car. I listen to it late at night when I'm laying in bed. I just uh, get so much um, insight and so much strength. I just really, really appreciate what you're doing for this community. I live in uh, the St. Louis area, but I really appreciate you guys. It's just uh, a godly, godly ministry. You know, when I hear the listeners from St. Louis, Richard brings back a lot of memories because we had quite a time getting that radio station started in St. Louis, didn't we? Not without a struggle. You know what? That One of the neat things, he mentions listening to the radio in the car and at home, and radio is ubiquitous. It's wherever you go. Here is a listener in Irvine, but, California, that listens on her phone. I want Yes, that's what I wanted to get in. You don't have to have a radio. There's all kinds of ways. Like this lady all in right. Irvine, California. Hi, my name is Trish from Irvine, California. I listen to bot radio every day at work, and I especially love listening on my long runs on Sunday mornings. I start off with the Lutheran Hour at 6 a.m. and can go all the way through Dr. McGee's Through the Bible at 9 o'clock, depending on how long I run that morning. I just want to say thank you for all you do to teach the Word of God to me in my life, as well as throughout the whole world. Thank you, all right. Trish. Well, listen, our time is gone. Uh, it goes so fast. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, with another chapter of The Complete Story, and we'll see you later. 